So, I love September. It's always a new beginning for us. In the vineyard, we've had the summer holidays, all sorts of things going on. And as Steve's already said, it's, it's the month where we start thinking about the beginning of another year. Um, and it's our birthday month, next month. Actually, it was almost to the day five years ago that we did our first meeting here. Um, or, yeah, that we did our first meeting here as senior pastors. Um, and Mick and Lynn Elias prayed over us and appointed us as the senior pastors the week before that. And so it's really been a time where I've been reflecting back over the last five years and thinking about the privilege that it's been to be here and to be part of the vision that they started and that they imparted to us when they prayed over us that day and entrusted the church to us. Um, Many of you have been here for that five years, and some of you have been here longer than we have. Um, So you've been part of the journey, and some people uh, have joined later on, but we're all in this together. But it's difficult to measure the success of a large community of people, isn't it? Steve spoke last week about how the Apostle Paul, you would think a man of great successes, He had many challenges as well as the successes in his life of faith. And for most of us, when we look back, there's going to be a mixture of good and bad. Uh, Good things that have happened and bad things that have happened. Um, As we think about the failures and the successes and the joys and the sorrows. So looking back a bit, after the first sermon that Steve gave as senior pastor here, we actually had to rush off to hospital because um, we probably should have, well, we should have gone the night before. Uh, And he actually found out that he'd had a significant stroke and was very lucky that it had not left him more impaired. Very lucky, by the way, was the medical term. Um, (laughs) Very grateful (laughs) was that term. And uh, I did say to to the nursing the staff, well, at what point would you call something like this a miracle? And they said, um, well, we don't use that terminology. So <laughs> we can say, thank you, God, for a miracle. Um, and at that time as well in our lives, we'd not long lost a grandchild. Um, our grandchild, Noah, was born uh, earlier that year, and we said goodbye to him at three and a half weeks. He'd had a congenital condition And our daughter Jo had known about it throughout most of her pregnancy, so it had been a really difficult time. Um, Also, my mum had significant health issues, um, and she's had that ongoing, but um, has had respite from that in recent months, so that's been great. And also, one of our children continues to have major health issues, and very sadly, our relationship with them is is not very mended at the moment. So that's a constant... um, pain for us as we go on, just to to share that with you, because we are all journeying together. But at the same time as that, um, through all of this, um, two of our four children have got married during that five years to amazing people, and um, actually our youngest daughter got married this month, and it was very, very happy time. 
So we have a wonderful family and friends, including many of you, and we're so grateful and so privileged to be part of this community, part of what God is doing in this church. One of the really great things about being part of Ellsbury Vineyard for us is that we are a family together. And when we um, experience good things, we experience them together. And when we experience bad things, we go through them with each other and we're able to pray for each other um, and journey to a certain extent with each other in the things that we go through. But how should we gauge our level of success? Because after all, it's not about us, is it? It's about Jesus and what he's doing for his kingdom But we're very much part of that. And whatever our our lives are like, we're called to intentionally be be thinking about um, seeing the kingdom of God break into this world. Um, I couldn't help but click on a, a film on Facebook, which came up on my thread this week. Um, And it was a lady called Lisa Gungor, who is quite a famous, well-known Christian musician. And um, this clip was entitled, I Stopped Believing in God After Pastoring a Megachurch. That sort of made me a little bit interested. Not that I was thinking that I want to stop believing in uh, in, in God, and not that this is a (laughs) megachurch. But it was just a very interesting um, thing because I have really enjoyed their music. And she described in this clip how they'd taken on the church as a very young couple and they had a really naive idea about what believing in God meant. Um, And she kind of explained her journey about how she'd got older and wiser. Um, They'd had things happen to them, like they'd found it difficult to conceive And then their second child had had Down syndrome. And then they took a trip around the world and they visited some of um, the concentration camps and heard about what happened to the Jews and other minority groups in the the Holocaust. Um, So although she and her husband are amazingly talented and and this has been a big contributor for them growing their church, um, sadly they both lost their faith. Um, And you can imagine how unkind people have been to them on social media, which has not helped them to feel that God loves them and that God is there for them. There's a lot of judgment and hatred and unreality out there, isn't there? Um, And this isn't meant to be a judgment about them, because all of us will find and do find continually that life throws things at at us personally, or we have our eyes open to things that are happening and going on in the world. Um, And these things test our faith. And often when we go through things, we become different people because we've experienced something we've never experienced before. We never come out of these things as the same people. We have to realign our thinking Um, about who God is and find him in a new way in the situations that we're in. Um, A good friend of ours, Lawrence Singlehurst, taught us a lot of years ago um, how to do door-to-door evangelism, which we tend not to do these days. Uh, It's not the best way of telling the good news of Jesus. But at that time, it was something that the church was doing. 
And um, we weren't great at it. (laughs) Uh, One of the things he said to us is that if someone says to you, I don't believe in God, then you should say to them, oh, well, tell me about the God that you don't believe in, because we probably don't believe in him either. Um, (laughs) And that kind of way of doing it was quite good for us, because it was being very real. And the idea, of course, was that when then we go on to talk about the God we do believe in. It's not that then they convert us to not believe in God. (laughs) So, as we've explored the scriptures and examined our hearts, and we know that we don't always understand why things happen, um, we don't understand why the world is like it is, and why um, actually sometimes a lot of the world seems to be more like hell than heaven on earth. Um, We need to be people that live intentionally with God's mission as our mission. Because we know who wins in the end, don't we? Steve encouraged us last week to filter everything through Jesus, whether that's what's happening in our lives or things that we don't understand that are part of the Bible, uh, maybe the Old Testament stories that we we don't understand. Uh, They don't seem to make the same sense of... Um, who God is as some of the Jesus stories that we read. Um, But sometimes when we're feeling uncertain, we just need to concentrate on Jesus. And um, I want to read some words that actually Michaelias read over us when he, that five years ago when he um, prayed over us to be senior pastors in this church. And I think that Within these words, we're going to find some clues about the kind of people that we should be looking to be in the next five years. And actually, they're words we should judge ourselves by all the time. And these are found in John 15. And Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So that's a great passage, isn't it? It's just such an amazing picture of what our life with Jesus should look like, being part of that vine. Um, And when our children tell their friends that we run a vineyard, um, they all assume that we grow grapes and make wine. (laughs) and uh, maybe that's partly true and partly not. But <laughs> we don't grow, grow grapes, but we like going to the vineyards in France. Uh, we do love vineyard, but more than that, we love Jesus, and we want to be part of the vine um, of which Jesus is the vine. And I want to bring out three points from this passage. Firstly, that we remain in him, because it's all about being close to Jesus Success is all about being close to Jesus. If we spiral off and carry out our own agenda, we're totally getting it wrong. And secondly, it's about loving one another. Jesus said, you will, if you love me, you'll, you'll obey my commands. And then he pointed out that actually his commands are summed up in that idea that we love God and love one another. So loving one another is part of our obedience. It's part of it. It's a massive part of who we are. Loving one another through trials and tribulations and things that we're going through, it can make the difference as to whether someone stays with Jesus or not. And it's love that overcomes the world. It's love, our love for one another, his love for us that overcomes whatever we're going through. And then thirdly, We need to ask him for what we need, both for ourselves and for each other. And it's simple, isn't it? It's the the ingredients of what we try and do when we come together every week. We worship him. We want to be with him. We want to be in his presence. We want to be together. We We want to support one another in what we're going through. We want to ask Jesus for each other and push through on things that we need. Because if he's commissioned us, then he's going to provide what we need. So the first point then, remaining in him. I think over the five years, we have personally learned how to live with more trust in Jesus. I think just being in the job that we're in means that every day we have to cry out to him to, to um, give us wisdom and strength for the day. And all of those things have been really, really important to us. And we've enjoyed, enjoyed doing that. Um, sometimes though I think it's difficult to know whether when we're going through stuff whether it is actually God pruning us or whether it's the evil one trying to steal something from us and sometimes it is difficult to work out the difference Um, I was thinking about this and what came to mind was actually a story of something that one of us somebody in our church in our church community is going through at the moment and I did ask them for permission to share uh, what is happening with them. 
And this, is, this person is Amy, Amy Wichelow, and she's married to Ashley, and they've got a beautiful baby, Ivy. And I just feel there's something about the situation that they're going through, which, A, we can uh, draw alongside them and support them in it, but also I think there's something prophetic about what is happening um, that God wants to speak to us. And one of the things that I've learnt in leading the church is that the most important thing is that we look to see what God is doing and saying. And obviously, um, often it's from other people and not us. So I'm going to tell you Amy's story. She's recently discovered that, uh, they've recently discovered that they're pregnant. I understand that's the way to say it these days. We didn't say it like that, but I am saying they are pregnant. And they're thrilled and excited about this. Um, But at the same time, Amy's been experiencing really bad sickness during the pregnancy, and that's why she hasn't actually been around very much. She's really been housebound and unable to come out. And this happened the last time she was pregnant as well, and she went through a very difficult time. We have been praying for her and praying for them, um, and she says that the sickness hasn't been as bad as the last time, uh, but she still has basically had to be uh, on bed rest most of the time. Now, what's happened is, for the first few days on her own at home, she obviously had to, was having to cope with being ill, uh, but she enjoyed the TV as her companion, and it helped to keep her sane, and it helped to entertain her through her times of sickness, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. But after a few days, she decided herself that she should switch the TV off and throw herself into uh, worshipping God and pick up her art pastel pens and all her art stuff that she'd done in a previous life and not really done much at all. And she discovered that she has the most wonderful gift, which I'm sure she kind of knew, but she wasn't nurturing it in any way. So during her time at home, she's been worshipping God, listening to worship music, and she's been drawing some wonderful things, which we're going to look at. Um, We're going to look at some of the things that she's created as she's been not very well. So, yes, very beautiful. So this one, um, I can't remember what she called it, but she was listening to a song which is talking all about God's creation and the next one as well. Yeah, and this, so she's called this one, if, oh no, it's the next one she's called, uh, this one. Um, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. And I just think that's awesome. Which is, you know, just amazing how God can be so close to us, isn't it, in in things that we're going through, and that beauty can come out of that as well. So, all of this reminded me of a verse in Isaiah 61, which is just after um, it was talking about how Jesus comes to preach good news to the poor and he's come to set the oppressed free. There's a verse, uh, which is verse 3, which says, that he also came to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It says they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, beauty instead of ashes. 
And I just think that is something that God is saying to us, that he wants to bring beauty out of the ashes of the things that we're finding hard, the things that seem to have died, um, and he wants us to um, experience beauty out of those things. So the great thing about Amy's story is that, as well, something we can learn from is that she had to switch something off in order to switch on that gift that God had put inside of her. And um, I think that that's something we can think about as well. Is there something that we need to switch off so that God's gift can rise up from within us? Um, It's been challenging for me, and it's been making me think about you know, maybe one evening, instead of us relaxing and watching TV, we might relax and do something creative instead. <laughs> it reminded me, um, I went on the songwriting um, creative day uh, earlier in the year, and Dan Wilt, one of the American Vineyard Church leaders, said, don't think that you're going to get creative and use all the gifts that God's given you in eternity because he wants you to use them now. And he wants you to use them in this life and to nurture them in this life. And we have one life, so, so just get on and do it. So that's, I think, about remaining in Jesus and finding that we have things within us that we never even knew were there. So the second point, love one another. If we're going to be a successful church, as we grow and experience the blessings and the challenges of growth, it's crucial that as we remain in Jesus, that we also love one another. Uh, Jesus says, said, I and the Father are one, and he wants us to be one like that. Um, and he said, true love sums up the law and the prophets, and if we do it properly and well then we'll be achieving the major thing that Jesus came for. We love him and we love one another. So when we're going through stuff, which we all do, let's share each other's burdens. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other in our small groups. Let's pray for each other whilst we're together, whenever we can, and stand with each other in what we're going through. Um. And let's see also, let's, as well as praying for each other for difficulties, let's pray for each other that those gifts that are in with, within each of us will be called out. Because I do believe that the next five years, God wants to um, bestow beauty on us. I believe that he wants to call out those creative things in us that perhaps we've been a bit too busy to achieve in the last five years. So hold on to that. Um, The third point, we need to ask him for what we need. Let's not give up and lose our faith because things are difficult um, or somehow think that God has given up on us. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I don't believe that this means that we have to name and claim the things we want um, or that we have to even um, not have any doubt. It basically just means that we come simply to him. We believe that he's there and we believe that he wants to bless us. And that's what faith is. That's where our relationship 
with Jesus begins. We don't always see things straight away, do we? When we ask for things, we don't always see answers to our prayers. Sometimes it seems like the answers are just never going to come. But God doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to press on. And um, there's a list of people in that same chapter of Hebrews, men of faith. And it says about them that all of these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things that God promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. I went to a memorial service yesterday of someone who had a great influence on me. He was a great Bible teacher. He gave me a love for the Bible and a love for Jesus. And um, he was taken away. He, he, uh, he died a couple of weeks ago, just after he'd been on a trip with his wife for their 35th wedding anniversary. And it was really sad. And yet hearing from the people at the service was so inspiring, particularly from his children, And they were sad and shocked that he'd gone, but they were overwhelmed with thankfulness for what he'd put into them and the life that they'd shared with him. And he was definitely one of those people that he lived for that kingdom um, whose whose builder and founder was God. Um, And he, he didn't totally see what he wanted to see, but he lived for it until he couldn't live for it anymore. And we're foreigners and strangers on earth in many ways, all of us here. There's, we know there's a, 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 a better place. We know that the, that the true kingdom of heaven in all its fullness is a better, fle- a better place. Um, but he wants us to live with that longing to see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven come to earth. Um, let, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is what we pray, isn't it? Um, so just to sum up, really, these three things that we've been thinking about today, while we've been thinking about Jesus being the vine, we want to remain in him. We want to allow him to prune us and not to always struggle when things don't seem to be as they should be. And in those times, maybe we've got to learn to switch something off, switch something off so something more beautiful can grow. And in all of these things, the most important thing is that we love one another and support one another, and we call out the beautiful in one another. We encourage one another to be all that we can be. And we don't give up asking him for what we need. We don't give up for ourselves and we don't give up for others. So I think that if we can do that for the next five years, I'm sure we're going to have more vision stuff um, to think about over the next birthday month. But in my book, if we can manage this, then we're going to grow in an amazing way as a church if we can do these things.